Nico Koopman is Vice Rector for Social Impact Transformation and Personnel at Stellenbosch University in South Africa. He's a former Dean of the Faculty of Theology and Professor of Systematic Theology, Ethics, and Public Theology at Stellenbosch. Nico's research focuses on themes like inalienable dignity, health and well-being, healing reconciliation, embraceive justice, responsible freedom, equality through equity, as well as the reciprocal and transformative impact of universities on the various spheres of society, including the domains of politics, economics, the natural environment, civil society, and public opinion formation. Nico is also a founding member and was chairperson of the Global Network for Public Theology. He's also a CTI member, most recently in our workshop on religion and economic inequality. And in the following conversation, we discuss his work at CTI on this important global issue. Nico, you're now the Vice Rector for Social Impact, Transformation, and Personnel at Stellenbosch University. Can you tell me a bit about the work you do in that role? Josh, I'm responsible together with other vice rectors in the rect of the university for the overall management of the university. And we work in close collaboration with the, the deans of the various faculties and then also with chief directors and senior directors uh, in the so-called professional academic support divisions of the university. Mm -hmm. My specific responsibilities focus upon the social responsibility of the university. We call it the reciprocal, reciprocal social impact of the university, meaning we want to impact transformatively on society and society impacts upon the university. And then secondly, I'm responsible for the transformation of the university. It is a very inclusive transformation that we're talking about, so-called qualitative transformation, that we diversify our staff core, that we diversify our student population, but also qualitative, that we really overcome, especially subconscious, uh, oppressive and discriminatory thoughts and logics that exist in, in all of us. And lastly, I'm responsible for personnel and for staff and student health and well-being. Maybe say a bit about the history and role of Stellenbosch University in the context of South Africa and how your work is seeking in some sense to address that, that history. In the past, uh, Stellenbosch was by many viewed as the so-called intellectual home of apartheid thinking and apartheid ideology. Of course, there were always at Stellenbosch those who opposed apartheid, but they were really marginalized voices. The overall picture was this of Stellenbosch University as a mainly white Afrikaans exclusive university uh, on average in support of apartheid and this university is trying to transform the last three decades into an institution that wants to contribute to the building of an inclusive 
democracy in South Africa that serves justice to all, that acknowledges the equality of all. And this is an exciting journey mm-hmm. uh, to be on. It is difficult, it is challenging, but this is the good and positive and noble journey of the university. Nico, you're also a, a professor of theology, and you were a professor of theology at Stellenbosch prior to moving into your present role. Maybe say a bit about the, the work you did in theology and even how you initially became interested in, in becoming a theologian. I grew up in a, in, a, in a small town in the central parts of South Africa, very religious uh, community, always involved. I was always involved in church life. And when I was small, uh, th- uh, I, I was geared to become uh, a minister in the church at, at some point. Later in my high school years, I also explored engineering and other directions, other fields. But eventually, when I started to study full-time, it was in theology. Uh, and I then became a pastor in a congregation in Atlantis, close to Cape Town, with many social challenges. I thereafter was student chaplain at the University of the Western Cape, and also the Belleville College of Education, and uh, what is now today the Cape Peninsula University for Technology. Uh, And after that time as chaplain, I started to to, 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 to teach theology. I studied theology uh, uh, on the theme of my master's degree was on the suffering, God and suffering. How, how do you bring the two together that God is both all-loving and almighty, yet we still suffer? And later my uh, doctoral studies focused uh, as we entered a new democratic South Africa how do we, in, in, in a new context of democracy, what is the public role of churches? So it was for me always exciting to be engaged in theology at, in that stage of my life. And of course, uh, as a full-time later professor of theology. The project that we've been working on here uh, at CTI this year is Religion and Economic Inequality, and, and you've been involved in that. Say a bit about the the work you've been doing here um, at CTI? I was the first time at CTI in 2007 till 2008. In that time, I focused on a so-called public Christology. Uh, And it was for me important to go to the heart of Christian faith, uh, reflecting on Christ. During that time, I then developed uh, very strongly the notion, uh, I, or oh, I attended to the notion of the threefold office of Christ, uh, namely that Christ is, is prophet, Christ is priest, and pri- Christ is king. And after CTI, I, I extended that work and tried to define a public theology in terms of its prophetic task, its priestly task, and its royal servant a task. And that work uh, during my first time at CTI I then focused on uh, the fact that we are concerned about public life. And public life includes also very intimate personal life. 
the individual is already public, the intimate is public. So we're concerned about all facets of life, but to think about it from a theological perspective and specifically from a Christo-centered theological perspective, a Christ-centered theological perspective. That was important for me. Uh, And now with my second time here, I'm here now as a as a university administrator the previous time i was full-time in the faculty professor in theology now i'm here as a university administrator and stellenbosch university functions in the context of socio-economic inequality josh it pains me if i walk down a street in stellenbosch and i see on the left hand side of the street beautiful restaurants and if you look there not exclusively but mainly white students would sit in those restaurants and on the right hand side of the street we have the building of our big uh fest our arts festival their offices and their meals are provided for poor students who cannot always afford their own meal. And they are mainly black-colored Indian students, not exclusively, but mainly. And this is a challenge to us. How do we address this inequality on campus? Uh, How do we talk about quality and excellence in a context of inequality? How do we ensure that these students do not mingle with each other in classrooms but that they also socially in the spaces outside classrooms grow closer together and then also how do Stellenbosch how does Stellenbosch contribute to a more equal environment Uh, in the town of Stellenbosch there's inequality so Stellenbosch is viewed by many as one of the towns in the world with the biggest gap between the rich and poor. And how are you university in such a context? What impact do you make? How can you change that situation? So these are the types of questions that I have, that I research. And when I came to CTI, the purpose was to, to help at least uh, pose these questions more appropriately and to seek ways forward of dealing with these questions. Maybe just as a, a final question, what are some of the resources you, you see in the theological tradition that might be used to help address this problem of inequality? Particular ideas, traditions, thinkers who we might look to? I think it is, it is one of the thinkers that I uh, uh, attend to is John Calvin mm-hmm. as one of them. He worked a lot on the notion of of equitas, uh, of equity, that you must, when you talk about equality, you don't have in mind uniformity. People have different talents, people's levels of dedication, their work ethics differ also. Uh, so we will not have equality in an absolutist sense, but you need 
equitas, meaning you need equity, you need equilibrium in your society. Uh, the situation that the Bible speaks about in the book of Acts, that some don't have too much and others too little. We need higher levels of equilibrium in society. So equality then as equity, but specifically that you also say where you have higher levels of of equality that we can then also say yes people enjoy in the end equal dignity equal worth equal value people have equal access to uh, human rights and human rights are vehicles that must help us to create a society of more equity, of more equilibrium, and where people can feel, man, this is equal dignity. I don't have exactly the same income as the other, but I have equal dignity. Uh, All generations of rights are equally fulfilled for me as, as somebody who has the same dignity as the other person. And then at CTI, the colleagues also discussed in in our uh, uh, discussions on equality, I I received various brilliant impulses uh, uh, for for further reflection. One of those impulses is, is if you talk about equality, you must also talk about covenant. And it's the question of how can we then say Let's build spaces of solidarity. Let's build partnerships of solidarity of those who have more and those who have little of black and white. And that we say we covenant together to work for higher levels of equality in in, in society. We will serve each other. So the one thing that I want to go and explore is, hey, Let's covenant for, for, for equality. But then the other thing also during our discussions at CTI was that uh, how do we deal with comparison, the ethos of comparison, that people compare their situations with each other. That also impact on, on equality discourse. Uh, and uh, theology need, needs to deal with that type of challenge also that we, uh, for instance, anger grows if you see others thrive and I perish. And, 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 and that you then say, on the one hand, comparison might be negative because you can later function, you have enough, but because you have less than the other, you, 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 you totally don't live with gratitude. But it can be positive in the sense that you must say people will compare. And uh, this is so crucial for South Africa that the anger that grows and the pain that grows is that many people see, but my country does have enough resources. I am hungry because others have too much. So to deal with comparison, ethos, discourse, also in that specific context. So I was highly triggered also to say, 
uh, go back and think about that. And the other thing also is, is uh, uh, it, and, and these are theological notions. It has to do with gratitude, uh, and it has to do also with uh, what aspirations can you live with. So to think through that theologically. But then uh, the uh, 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 last one that I maybe just want to mention now, uh, there are various others that I'm excited about, uh, various impulses, and specifically theological impulses, is to do with if you're at the university and you must now make policies based on these principles and parameters that you get from theological discussions, from interdisciplinary discussions, then some of those, uh, uh, the challenges that you face is, how do you think about policy making and specifically the things that we struggle with? What is the type of compromise that you can make? What is a morally acceptable compromise and what not? Uh, I, I think that one needs also more reflection and their theologians like Dietrich Bonhoeffer on the one hand uh, who feels very strongly that you must make sure that you call a spade a spade and that you yeah. say you dirty your hands here. That uh, notion you must have on the table. But on the other hand, Reinhold Niebuhr would as theologians uh, say let's function with Christian realism. Let's be more open to, 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 to the fact that our best, our best policies and solutions are only approximate victories, meaning compromise might sometimes be implied and unavoidable. And then just what is, what are the limits to compromise? At what point does it become a morally unacceptable compromise? So the word compromise is in it some contamination but we also need to ask where you need to decontaminate it and where you really need it uh, for the sake of faithful and obedient living. Thanks so much Nico. I think one of the great things about your work is you're not only thinking about the ideas but you're also in a leadership position so you're thinking about how they can actually be implemented and the struggle that that actually requires on the ground. Absolutely. So that's been great to have your wisdom in, in our group and for this podcast. So I thank you so much for, for being here. And this is just the beginning, I hope, of a ongoing cooperation. Absolutely, Josh. I want to say in conclusion, you know, um, we, we discussed today at the end, almost at the end of this time that I stay at CDI, my experience was that with the previous time, you drink for years hmm. from the wells. Uh, CTI wells I want to call it and I think even now more than the first time that I was here I want to drink from these wells and I feel so thankful and so privileged uh, that I can be part of the CTI community, community thank you Nico we are very privileged to have you as well so thanks for your time here today thank you To learn more about CTI, visit our website at ctinquiry.org and follow our pages on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and leave us a review.